this is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 150. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined as usual by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I am great. How are you? I am doing better than usual. <laughs> so this is the show about colored pencil where we discuss colored pencil and anything and everything surrounding the colored pencil artist. So Lisa, what are we talking about? One today? of my favorite topics, decorating your studio, or in your case, we're actually going to be starting out talking about how you've set up your studio and things that, you know, ideas and tips people can use. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to, going to be talking about some of the things that our listeners can implement into their own home studios. Yeah, I think this will be a good springboard just to discuss how, you know, you can go about making your particular space a little more aesthetically um, appealing so with my studio, you know, I've got my smaller room, which I'm using as my studio, converted that to a studio, and then I've got a classroom connected to that, and there's a doorway in between those. And so this space in here where I'm drawing most of the time is kind of like my own little cozy spot. And then over there into the classroom would be, you know, I've got three separate tables set up, and you can get about three people to each of those tables. And... You know, I'm thinking about, you know, what I'm going to be doing with the wall space and that kind of thing and how to set that up to where if somebody walks in, you know, they're going to think, okay, I'm ready to dig in here and create some art. I've got a good feeling about what we're about to do here. Yeah, one of the things that I'm so excited for you about this, when I was teaching, I was primarily teaching out of Hobby Lobby and Michaels. Now, Michaels did redecorate their classroom, so it did have a, a more artsy sort of feel. But Hobby mm -hmm. Lobby especially, while it was a great place to teach out of, the classroom environment, you were in like the, just this big cement box with a door. And yeah, you were lucky no if they had tables because half the time they stole them yeah. for the break room. So you didn't, I don't know, it just yeah. didn't have that artsy feel. And the, another place that I had taught out of that Let's Art Party place I've talked about where people would drink wine while I taught them, that one was really mm -hmm. neat because they set it up in an, you had a feel, you felt like you were an artist. You walked in and it's like, I'm, you knew you were there to create art just by the feel of the room. And I'm so excited for you that you get to set up this environment. And I think it's important for those of us with our home studios as well to have an environment or a space, even if it's just a corner of your living room or your bedroom, as mine was for so long, have a corner that just makes you feel like I'm ready to paint or draw or I'm just ready. This is, I feel artsy here. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, you know, and I taught at Hobby Lobby and I, I I agree with you. It, it was a uh, little less than, you know, uh, pleasant in there. And it was kind of messy and junky. And also they had like uh, storage boxes and things in there when I was teaching. I also taught at Plaza Art. Now that one was quite different. They had easels set up and they had a lot of uh, art products just sitting out there on the shelves 
in that space where where we were, and that was kind of nice. So this is exciting. So if you're listening about, you know, if you're thinking about making some changes to your particular space and how would you go about doing this? And I think one of the best places to start with that is setting the mood, you know, thinking about what you like, what makes makes you get in the mood. I don't know how else to explain that. But one thing that I like, and I did this out of my house and I'm doing it down here in my studio, is I've got a diffuser set up and I like that nice, uh, just very subtle scent in the air. And that just makes me feel better. It makes me feel cozy and warm. And then I also like to have my nice hot drink there with me, whether that's in the morning coffee or in the afternoon, it's tea usually. But those are two things I just have to have. I'm so with you on that. Mine, I am a big fan of Scentsy. So I've almost always got, unless I'm oil painting and then I've got, you know, there's enough fumes in the room. I don't need to add to that. You're not going to (laughs) smell it over that anyway. But I'm the same way with colored pencil or pencil. I love having Scentsy going. I know it it just sets that mood for me. I always put it on right before I start drawing. What's one of your favorite scents? I'm just curious. There's one called Honeymoon Hideaway and then another one called Jet Set Go. And they're they're from their like spa. Oh, wow. Oh, I don't know. They're yeah. such a light. They're not super strong. I don't like the really, really heavy perfumed one. I, I have a few yeah, that I can't yeah. do. Those ones are just, just enough. And I love them. Mm-hmm. I, one of the oils that I really love is Sweet Orange. Oh, That's what I I've got diffuser. that one in my diffuser That's in so the good. living room by my organ. You like that? That's so it is. Good. I love that one. And out there over the holidays, I had cinnamon going. I loved walking by there oh, and getting yeah, that yeah, nice yeah. cinnamon. It was just... It oh, just yeah. sets the mood, even oh, though, awesome. I mean, that's not my art studio area, but I still, I know exactly what you mean. Right, right. Okay, let's talk about lighting for just a second then, because I think that's another thing that can either make or break the mood. Recently, I started using a overhead clamp light that uh, it's got three different temperature settings or three different settings for intensity of the light. And I think the same one that you use, Lisa, that you have on your one of the, the ones you one? use on maybe your... Yeah. yeah no, well, no, it's a oh, black that's, one. Yeah, it's that's the one I use over my palette. Yeah, your that's palette. A really yeah. Nice. So I'm using that, and I really like it. It's got it's a touch power. It's got three different settings in it. It's not real overpowering, and I just like that you have that much control over how much light you're getting on it. Yeah, and a lot of artists like to paint or draw at nighttime. So you you're you can put on a, a light that lights the whole room. I don't like that for two mm-hmm. reasons. One, I just am not one who likes mm-hmm. a room that well lit. I like to have a little bit more ambiance going. And so I like to have my my clamp light or a light over my easel wherever I'm working that has the really bright daylight bulb. But the rest of the lights in the room are more the soft white kind of the, the warmer tones. There, I don't want that much light around me anyway when I work. So the having a good clamp light, something good with the daylight bulb is important. Plus, the other thing with that, and I found this when I was teaching at Hobby Lobby and Michaels, when you have the overhead lights that are super bright, you walk and you think, okay, this is perfect for art. The problem is, depending on how you have your easel set up, that light may cause so much the reflection. Reflect. Yeah, it can really make it yeah, difficult. And so if you're depending on your main light source as being the clamp light or a smaller one that you can move and bend because most of them that you're going to get like the one that you're using even the other one that i'm using but actually all of them i've ever had they allow you to adjust so much and turn them and move them so that you can avoid the glare as much as possible and i think that that's a big deal the other thing is make sure to use a daylight bulb i or or an actual daylight yeah like an alt light or these ones are daylight bulbs i'm not sure what they're called but the regular bulbs that you're going to go and get at target or something like that they're not the same i tried that in my first apartment i 
I set up track lighting behind my easel and I'm thinking, okay, it's super bright. It's enough. I would take the artwork outside in the daylight the next day. It was nowhere near what I thought I had painted the night before. It was so Yeah, that far is off. the danger. So, yeah. Right, yeah, that, that's the danger because you want to get it within uh, that range on the Kelvin scale where it is in the daylight range. And that, that really is very, very important because you're going to skew some of your colors if you're not careful, um, if you don't get it in that particular range. And the good news about that is most daylight bulbs are it, within that correct temperature setting. And the OLED lights, which is the one that I'm using right now, uh, it is very low energy and it doesn't heat up or anything like that, which also I like that a lot. My original Alt Light, those ones did get hot. And so I had to be careful when I was moving them and adjusting them. And the ones that I'm using now, not at all. So that's huge, huge bonus. But yeah, don't be fooled into thinking that just because a room is bright, that that's going to make it better for you to work. I've had people ask me when they see in my live streams because of the rest of the room being so dark, if that causes a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, as long as my easel is lit, my easel and my palette, I have no problem. So yeah, it, I don't, don't think that it, the, the bright enough or having a bright enough room is what does it. Another thing that you're going to watch when you're setting up a studio, you probably don't want to put your easel right or your drawing table right in front of a window if you draw in the daytime because when that light comes through behind mm-hmm. you when you're being backlit like that that's that can cause some problems for you too so now another thing that i find to be wonderful for for just setting the mood i hate bare wall space so i like to come up with creative ideas on how i can make my my room in the studio feel artsy so i would love to hear some of the things that you're doing for your studio now to get that feel john Well, I'm trying to get some of my sketches that I do and just tack those up right now until I think of something better to do (laughs) because I'm thinking I don't have a whole lot of time to dedicate to that right now because of some on-ramping with getting, you know, students in here and that sort of thing with the grand opening happening. But at least I just started tacking up some of my sketches and that does help a lot because I can glance up and look at that and think about, you know, art and what I want to do. Now, I've seen your wall space and you've got a lot of empty wall space. You know, one of the things that you can do. Oh, yeah. Well, in the classroom, especially, it's pretty Get yourself and anyone can do this. If you find yourself in a room that has a lot of wall space, especially, I just love it. Well, whether you're a colored pencil artist or even if you're painting, you could fill the jars with paintbrushes, but use Mm -hmm. your drawing supplies, get some mason jars because they're fairly inexpensive. I got a pack of gosh, 10, 12, 24, way more than I'm ever going to use on Amazon for fairly inexpensive. And I filled them with colored pencils. I always have a lot of extra colored pencils. So if I run out, I don't have to wait to have one shipped since the, the pencils I use, I can't buy it, you know, Hobby Lobby. So with the right. Prismas, or not Prismas, those I could, with the Polychromos or the Luminance, I have to buy those online. So I always have extra of the colors that I use a lot of, and I filled, ma- filled mason jars. I've got three lined up, and then another that has paintbrushes in them. In it, grammar, it's hard. But I've got those filled up in this little tray, and then I put little, uh, what are they, fairy lights. The battery-operated fairy lights do that. It is gorgeous. It just gives you like, I love having that on in my studio. It feels artsy because it's art supplies, but then the fairy lights, you get this almost like, I don't know, it just feels artsy and you can fill up a decent amount of wall space. Just put, get some cheap shelves for the wall, stick up some mason jars with pencils in them. And there you go. I mean, even if you were doing it just for decoration to start with, say you didn't have a lot of money to buy a lot of pencils, go get Crayola pencils, colored pencils and stick those in there because it's still going to look gorgeous. It's still colored pencils. 
Yeah, I know. That is a good idea. And they're not overpowering. You know, the fairy lights are very low powered. So you've got enough subtle light that just kind of, you know, accents the area that you're talking about. And if you use a mason jar or something like that, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to think about that. I, I like the idea of shelves because it doesn't take up a lot of space. So I don't have a lot of space. So I need to think about that and conserve what I do have. See, I have the opposite problem. I have too many paintings, so I can't put up shelves with the mason jar idea. I'm all excited about your blank walls. I really wish I could go over mm, there and help yeah. because <laughs> I get so excited about decorating stuff, but all mine are filled. Yeah. They're holding paintings that I don't have room for. Right. So if you're at home, I mean, this is something though that you could do as well, you know, and one thing we didn't really talk about this yet, but one thing that I do want to say is if there's any clutter, I, that really does just get to me that, that, gets me in where I'm not in the yeah. room, let me just say that. And I have to clean up anything that I see around that just looks unorganized or is not in the proper spot, things like that, especially if it's paper, any kind of paper just sitting around, ugh, just really irks me and it makes it to where, you know, I just I just can't I can't draw until and do any art until I get that cleaned up and all organized. You know, one of the things that I do too for organizing things it, under my workbench, I, it's open. It's got a shelf and it was open and I had so much stuff shoved under there. It was just one of those areas that every time I looked at it, it was like, oh, I need to do, do something about that. It looks terrible. Right. And finally, I went and got some of those wood crates. Michael's carries on. I want to say they were like $10 each or they were on sale for 10 something like that. I think I paid 10 a piece. Like the old milk crate yeah, kind of look. I got those and yeah. then they had some uh, paint. Like it was similar to chalk paint, not really kind of like it though, where it stained it. And I went over with this pale blue and then you give it this dirty look with this brown on top of it. You kind of wax it over. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, these crates are beautiful. I have so much crap shoved into them. It is not organized crap either. It was the stuff that was just sitting under there. But now I've got all that stuff. I've got some spare lights for my easel. I've got spare, just spare parts that I'm like, where do I put this? It doesn't have a good home, but they're hidden now. So it looks beautiful because you see these wooden crates, they're stacked up under there. You're, you're not really seeing what's in them so much. And it makes everything right. feel so much or, more organized. And I'm a big fan. I did the starving artist thing for so long. I'm a big fan on doing everything as low cost as possible. So I got really good at making things pretty. Well, those are pretty smart, done. though, because, <laughs> yeah, those are very inexpensive, mm-hmm. though. And they look they nice. Do. They I mean, look, surprisingly. Like, if you looked at yeah. these crates, the way that I've done them or the way that I painted them, yeah, it mm-hmm. took some time. I spent a night getting them all painted. It, it was, you know, took some elbow yeah. grease to get all that done. But they look right. super expensive, and they cost me $10 each. I mean, that's, well, okay, and then yeah, the paint yeah. was probably another 10 I forget how much the paint I, I spent or which paint I got. It was something at Michael's. But... Yeah. But a lot better looking than if you bought a solder piece of furniture with pressed wood yes. and a veneer uh, sticker and on it. You know, I can that say like they wood. will last you so long. I have some that I bought yeah, yeah. years and years and years ago, and I'm still using them. They did go through a phase at Michael's where they were using the super cheap. It almost was felt like the wood they use in kites, like it weighed nothing, and they were falling <laughs> apart when you just wind blew and they all – you just collapse. Yeah. But they went back to using the heavy duty stuff. Huh. And those crates, right. I've got some that I have had for probably 20 years. And I, they still look nice. They still look good. I, I like yeah. that kind yeah. of, um, what do they call it? Yeah. The distressed look. So when they get beat yeah, up, it works yeah, for yeah. my decor. But those kind things are just like, 
so useful and so inexpensive. And if you get shelves, if you have room for for shelves, you can go to Ikea and they have these shelves that cost anywhere, mm-hmm. depending on the size you get, you may spend between, I think it's 20 to $30. And you can decide how many platforms you want in there, how many shelves you want in there. They're so customizable. I would get those before and then put my wood crates. You can paint those and then paint the wood crates. Now, again, you have this piece of furniture that looks like it would cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars but you didn't really spend that much on yeah. it. And it looks so nice. And it makes your That's whole cool. atmosphere nicer when you've got everything nice and organized. And the cool thing about getting it at Ikea is, I'm glad you mentioned that, is you get to put it together yourself. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, that wasn't meant to be funny, really, because here's the thing. This really is true. I just have true. to think of that it's scene proven. in Deadpool when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> It's proven, though, that you get more satisfaction out of furniture uh, from Ikea. And they've done some studies about it, and they said it's the takeaway was it's because you put it together yourself. <laughs> so, I don't know. There's just something about you know, that. You know, There's some satisfaction in doing something yourself. Speaking of Ikea, too, another thing that works so nice for organization, I spent, I want to say it was about $100. Mm-hmm. It's a decent-sized dresser. It's... I don't know. I want to say it comes up to my shoulder. Not that I'm super tall, but I mean, it's a... Does it have doors on it? What's it look um, It's got one, two, three, four big drawers, and then one skinny one at the top. Does it have a doors that... There are no um, opening doors. It's just the drawers. No? Okay. But okay. I, got, I mean, they That's have what, a huge variety, and it's for. they have... This is what I yeah. like with the Ikea stuff. They have unfinished wood. So I was able to get that for $100. It's solid wood, so I'm not getting something that, you know, that the... I hate the pressed wood because it doesn't last. It looks crap no, very soon. And if you move and you try to move that with you, it weighs so much that it just falls apart. So I avoid yeah. that pressed um, fake wood right. as much as possible. But this one, mm-hmm. it's solid wood and it's unfinished. So I was able to paint it myself to go with my studio. And I mean, for $100, yeah, $100 is a lot. But when you consider what I got and how much I'm able to organize, no. I have one drawer yeah, not for every for a medium. Nice piece and it's... Right, not for a piece of yeah, furniture. Yeah, not for one that's going to la- going to basically last forever. Because it's that solid wood. So yeah, yeah, no, that that's a great idea. I would like to find something though that is uh, it has some shelving and has some uh, some doors on it. You know, it's like two doors that you can you I can open think up. So. They have the shelves that you can custom do like that, where you can decide how mm-hmm. many shelves, and then if you want the doors, I think that that's an option for some of the. The shelves I saw there. Yeah. I spent too, way too long looking look at IKEA that. catalogs. If you can't tell, <laughs> that's be- you probably spent less time doing that than if you went. This there is true. That is absolutely true. I try to know what I'm going for. If I'm going to talk my husband into going because he hates it, I yeah. try to make sure I know yeah. exactly what I want and yeah. just go in, pick it up, and leave, and don't have to walk through the whole store. Right. Right. <laughs> So that is something, though, if you're listening at home, you can do this as well. Scout out some of the things that would make your place look nicer, just some of the pieces of furniture, so that it looks more organized. So you have things out of your way, out of your line of sight, and it just has a nicer look to it, and you're not sitting there thinking about how unorganized things are. Things just look more organized whenever they're put on a shelf or (laughs) in a box or, or something like that, you know, something where it is a prepared space. For that item. Yeah, and if you need ideas, too, for coming up with uh, – I I know a common complaint I hear from people. It was the same one I had. How do you organize when you're in a small space? How do you find a, mm-hmm. a spot for everything? Pinterest is amazing. You will get yeah, so many great ideas. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the ways that you can use baskets, the way you can use – I mean, mm-hmm. so many things, and you can do it. I mean, my requirement was always I want it to look really nice. 
but I also don't have a lot of money to spend on this. So you get some. Yeah, crazy. and then you also you also want to think vertically. Obviously, whenever you're talking about a small space, you want to think vertical, small, thin, and vertical instead of uh, horizontal. So you'll save a lot of room that way. Yeah, definitely. That's those IKEA shelves. Um, those are great with that because that's how they are. They're fairly thin mm-hmm. and they, they're tall. Yeah. So yeah, those have are. been. I've been using those ones for years too, and oh, how I love them. I sound like an IKEA commercial right now. <laughs> we do. This is this is crazy. If you've got blank wall space and, that you're trying to fill up, if you're like John, where you don't have a ton of paintings that are taking up way too much space, like my walls, I'm a little embarrassed by how bad mine is right now. One of the things that you can do, just get super cheap art supplies. I have some brushes that I got in a box that I didn't like the paint brushes themselves. I thought they looked really neat. They had a bamboo looking handle. The paintbrush themselves, I would never, never use. So you may have family members that give you gifts of art supplies where you think, thanks for thinking you know I like art, but I can't actually use this in anything. I took three of these, two or three of those paintbrushes, and what do I have? It's behind me. So it's three paintbrushes, a dried rose, and a peacock feather. And I used a ribbon to tie it all together, and they're hanging upside down on the on my wall. It's gorgeous. It is so oh, that's a neat simple. Idea. It's an art supply, yeah. and that's kind of my thing when I when I want to decorate the studio. I like I like as much as possible to use things that are art related, and it's so I, it, it's. And a great thing to do with either brushes that you've damaged if you have painted in the past. You can do that with pencils. You can make a little wall hanging with old pencils or even the ends of pencils that are too short to use. There's so many things that you oh, can do neat. to decorate with. Dried roses, too. I don't know about you, John. Maybe you're not into roses as much as I am. But dried roses, if you guys don't know this, hang them upside down to dry. You can get them usually at the grocery store for under $10. Hang them upside down to dry. And if you hang a rose, you know, pair them. I've got them all over my studio. They t- they make such a pretty texture on the wall when you hang a cluster of them or a single rose here and there. The texture that it adds, so you're not just paintings on the wall or just shelves on the wall. Having that hanging, I don't know, it just adds so much to me, mm-hmm. to the atmosphere. I And yeah, you can use fake flowers. I personally have a weird, like, I passionately, passionately hate fake flowers and fake plants. So I won't do that myself, but the, I can do dried roses, don't bother me. And it just adds yeah, so yeah. much to the feel of the room. But if you combine that with a, a paintbrush, a couple of colored pencils stuck in there, you can make these really neat arrangements with your art supplies for the walls for any blank spaces that you, you need to fill up. I did know that about roses, um, maybe surprisingly, uh, that you can hang them upside down and then they'll dry in that mm-hmm. They look really nice that way. So another thing you could do, especially maybe if you're teaching out of your home, is if you have some students' work that they are proud of and they want to show it and they uh, have allowed you to use that, you could put that up on the wall. And that's kind of motivating for other students. They come in, they look and see what some of the other classmates have done, you know, some of the other students were able to accomplish. So that's kind of motivating for them if you're talking about a studio space that you're teaching out Yeah, and if the student doesn't want to give you the original, which is understandable, they can make Mm -hmm. a print for you, a small, like, postcard-sized print. You could start collecting those and putting them up of things that students have done as well. So they don't have to give you the original in order to make that happen. So one other idea I have that is just kind of funny, it was an accident, it wasn't genius in the making, it was just, it just happened. So I bought a bunch of frames that I got on sale once. They're 24 by 30 inch. So they're pretty good size open frames used for paint for oils or acrylics. 
There's no glass on them. I had this frame forever. I think this one was gold to start with. Whatever it was, it didn't go with my decor at all. And it got to the point where I'm like, I should just throw this out. I'm not going to use it. It's damaged. I can't really use it on artwork at this point. I decided I had extra chalk paint left over. And with chalk paint, if you're not familiar with that, you can paint that over just about any surface and it sticks. You don't really have mm -hmm. to do a lot of sanding or any. I mean, you can, but you don't need to. So I figured I've got this extra paint. I painted it and I leaned this frame against one of the shelves it's a permanent fixture there now. It's so, it's a teal. Shocker, I know. I, I painted something teal. But it looks so pretty in front of the shelves. And the shelf behind it is filled with pads of paper and cam small canvases and stuff like that. It, so that's what you're seeing through the open frame. But it makes the, the cheap Ikea shelf that's sitting there, it fit. It just happened to be the perfect size to go in front of that. But open frames, you can decorate a lot by just having a cheap open frame. They have them on sale all the mm -hmm. time places. You can paint on whatever color you want. And setting that on a shelf, setting it in this case, this one's a big one, setting it against the shelf here. I love the feel that it adds to the studio. It's one more art supply or art item that's not really being used as intended, but it makes the room feel super artsy. You know, another thing you can do is you could use all of your pencil sharpeners, and I've got tons of those <laughs> because some of them I, I purchase and I end up not liking them, and so I don't know what to do with them. I've got a whole bunch of those. That would be a nice thing to put on your shelf. Just line them up. Maybe I'll do that by size. I don't know. I've got some monsters that I never Yeah, use. you can definitely do that. Now, one of the things, too, you always want to remember, or what I try to do when I'm setting stuff up for an art studio, it's if you're just working in colored pencil, you're not going to have it as bad, but you're still always going to get dust. With me, with airbrushing, oh, yeah. I get a lot of... I, I need to make sure anything that I put up is easy for me to dust and clean. That was always a big requirement for me in whatever I set up. I need to easily, because I'm a bit neurotic when it comes to that, I need to easily... Mm -hmm be able to dust and clean this. So I try to, to make sure, you know, when surfaces like shelves, I try to, to not over clutter them because not because I don't, I actually like the look of, of organized clutter. I really do like that look, but that's so much more work to dust. And then that, when it feels dusty, it feels gross to me. And now the room doesn't feel clean. So I try to not overdo it. Just a few items here and there on a shelf that I can quickly dust through or go through. I, um, that definitely made it easier for me. My The last place that I was working out of that I just had too much stuff in that room and cleaning, oh my gosh, it was such a nightmare because I had over cluttered all of the shelves with stuff thinking, oh, this is pretty. I'm gonna put this here. It was too much. So I would say as much as I like things on the wall, things on shelves, keep in mind that you've got to clean those things. And I don't want to spend yeah, art yeah. time wasting it on cleaning things because I put too much crap in my art room. Gave me that idea because I visited, um, I think it was last year, this pencil sharpener museum. It's up in Ohio here, not too far from my house. This guy had over 3,000 different sharpeners. It's kind of oh, interesting. Wow. <laughs> uh, so anyway. And, and strings of fairy lights I, I in between them. So. Yeah, very light. <laughs> so maybe, right? <laughs> so maybe you have uh, some tips that you would love to add to this conversation. We'd love to hear that. You can reach out to us on Twitter. Lisa's at Lockree. I'm at Sharpened Artist. You can always email us podcast at sharpenedartist.com. If you like the show, tell someone else about it and consider giving us a rating and or a review over on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling themselves these days. And this is a weekly show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.